You're listening to the podcast of Real Life Church. We love, we live, we relate. Worshipping God without the presence of God. The folk were dragging the bulls to God, but never dragging their hearts to God or their bodies to God. And that's religion. We go through the godly emotions without God being involved, where we think we're going to something and God is not there. Now, sometimes really, I know God's omnipresent and omnipotent, but sometimes I think the presence of God has left the, the, the building. God doesn't leave, but maybe the experience encounters of God we don't buy into. And the first thing that David says is we have to see the presence of God restored again. As we go into this next season of, of really understanding more of holiness and having an expectation, and Father, my desire is that it's all about you. It's all about your presence. It's all about a tangible, real encounter with you. The Philistines at one point captured the ark of God which turned out to be a really bad idea for them. When the people try and take hold and manipulate the presence of God, when people try and, and do God things without God or without a God way, it's a bad idea. 1 Samuel 5, verse 1 to 4. And all the Philistines captured the ark, and the Philistines captured the ark of God. They took it from the battle ground of Ebenezer to the town of Ashdod. They carried the ark of God into the temple and placed it beside the idol of Dagon. And when the, civil, when the citizens of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, Dagon, their god, had fallen with his face to the ground in front of the ark in the presence of God. So they took him. And they put him back up. They propped their God back up again. And the next morning, they went back into the temple to see what had happened. And Dagon, their God, had fallen face down in front of the presence of God. And his head had come off and his hands had come off. So there you just have a torso in front of the presence of God. And it frightened them. His hands and his head had been broken off. Only his body was left intact. And the people feared the ark of God so much that they sent it to Goth. So friends, when you try and, and, and utilize or manipulate the presence of God in the wrong way, it never happens the way that you would. Everything will bow down to the presence of God, even if it's our plans or our agendas. And they feared the ark so much that they sent it to Goth. But when the ark got there, a plague of tumors infected them. And again, it didn't affect all of them, it just infected the men. And we did that a couple of weeks ago where it was only the men that had to be marked by circumcision to prove that, who they were. And now the men, young and old, were infected with tumors. I know, well, I don't. I've seen photographs of what it's like for a plague of locusts, not locusts, caterpillars to come and ruin your holiday. And this was a plague of tumors that came and infected the young men and the old men. And so they, again, were fearful because of the, the outworking of what was happening. And they sent the ark of God to the town of Ekron. And when the people saw it coming, they were full of fear and didn't want it. Friends, this is what happens with religion. Religion brings a state of fear, and people don't want religion. The fruit 
of the perceived presence of God, when it is covered and masqueraded as religion, people don't want. People will rather send it away. People will avoid it. People don't want the effects of religion in their lives. But they want the presence of God. And so it was greed after months that they would send the ark back to Israel. And at this time, the ark was going back to Israel, and 70 men decided to look inside the ark. This is kind of Indiana Jones stuff, where this ark is being carried, and, and, and if it's in the wrong place at the wrong time, people break out with infections and tumors and sickness and plague, and then you're carrying it, and these guys are so intrigued with what's inside it, they look inside it, we know what's inside it, but they look inside to try to see the presence of God, and all of them are struck down and killed. But they only had one job, not to look into the ark, not to touch the ark. Friends, God is holy, and his presence was holy. And they could stand close to his presence, but they weren't allowed to touch his presence. And those who tried, died. How amazing is it for us today? We not only get to engage with his presence, we not only get to touch and experience his presence, we, we get to inhabit and host the presence of God. We don't have to carry it on an ark. We don't have to go and hunt it down. We host and inhabit the presence of God. And so they sent the ark to Jerith Jemaim, not sure how to pronounce it, where a man named Abadad looked after it in a field for 20 years. I don't know how many, children, how many parents call their, their kids Abadad. You know, we've just got like 20 of them at school. Hannah is far more you know, common at school. But here was a man who hosted the presence of God on his own for 20 years. What an amazing thing. But we don't hear much about what he did hosting the presence of God. We don't even know that the crops in the presence of God, that that field was the most amazing field in the region. Why? Because that field housed the presence of God. We hear nothing of it. So for 20 years, nothing really happens in the field. So you can have the presence of God, and there's no reputation, there's no fruit, there's no significance when the presence of God is just stored in a place. How many times do we store the presence of God and we just want him to come out and worship on a Sunday? Oh God, we have a conference Thursday night. Do you mind if we take the presence out on Thursday night for CatCon? It'll just make us look really good. Worship will be off the charts on Thursday night if we just bring out the presence of God. But, but until then, we'll store it in the fields where it's less invasive or has less expectations of us over our lives. And as God saw his ark, his presence, lying idle in a field for 20 years, he saw David working in the field. And God was able to join the dots. He wasn't rushed by time. He had time and space in mind. He had a plan for David that he was not going to give up on. And for 40 years, we don't know if Saul even visited the presence of God. And everything was kind of on pause. 
Friends, what God's dream is sitting in your field right now? What God's dream is sitting in our field right now? And what David's in this room is God working on? Because he hasn't given up on his David's, on his Jones, on his Rebecca's, on his Richard's. God hasn't given up on the dream and the plan and the purpose that he has for each and every one of us. I feel God is saying to us this morning, God wants to raise you up again. God wants his presence to fill it's already filling us, but filling the space around us. God's wanting our vision to be made alive again. He's wanting to regenerate the visions and restore the visions. And he's wanting to raise up the Davids to make those plans and purposes happen. God raised a man in the field to go after the ark of God in the field. David, 30 years old, gathers 30,000 people to go and get the ark back, to go and get the presence of God. And in 2 Samuel 6, verse 6, But when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah reached out his hand and steadied the ark of God, then the Lord's anger was aroused against Uzzah, and God struck him dead because of this. So Uzzah died right there beside the ark of God. And David has this encounter with the holiness of God. David, who longs for the presence of God, for the glory of God to come into a city. I want the glory of God to come into our city. If the glory of God is in our city, it doesn't matter who or how often the mayor of the city gets changed. If the God and the presence of God manifests our city, it doesn't matter what happens in council chambers. I'm not minimizing what happens in council chambers. I'm just putting things into perspective. When the presence of God fills our city, it doesn't matter what the programs or things look like. We don't have to have a project to get rid of corruption. We need a presence to get rid of corruption. We don't have to have a project manager, a new minister of electricity to sort out our electricity. We need the presence of God in every boardroom to root out the dysfunctionality of often what happens, to allow our city to thrive. David longs to see the presence of God, the glory of God come into his city. And he made a bold move to go after the glory of God. Friends, my challenge is I want to say, God, I'm willing to make a bold move to go after and pursue the presence of God. And as Uzzah and his brother were leading the ark of God, the oxen stumbles, and Uzzah puts out his hand 
to steady the ark. And in this moment, he struck dead. He touches the holy. Uzo's name means strength. And I believe and I appreciate that this is an old covenant illustration that I'm referring to. But I believe that Uzo's name, name means strength. And sometimes we want to prop up the things of God. Sometimes we want things in our own strength. We want to add our value. We want to do what we can to prop up the things of God. I think that's a word for us and for the church this morning, that, that holiness doesn't come by our strength. We don't get to steady things up. God doesn't need us to prop up and steady and lead and make a plan for him. When the oxen in our lives stumble, when things go pear-shaped in our lives, and for some of us, like I know for Jane, it's like water and electricity oxens. You know, the oxens in James's life at the moment, one's called water and one's called electricity. You know, and for some of us, it could be children or, or finances or work or calling or different things. But when the oxens in our lives stumble, when the things in our lives start to go belly up in pear shape, what comes out of us? It's that illustration of the toothpaste. In the crazy places of our lives, what spews out when the oxen stumbles? Do we prop it up with our own strength, our own plans, our own good ideas? No matter how good our good ideas may be, do the external and internal workings of our life that might not be full of Holy Spirit, the presence of God manifest and come to the front? Do we run and hide or do we press in and position ourselves? When the oxen in our lives start to stumble, do we initiate the presence of God or do we ignore? Do we lean in to God when things get tough or do we leave God when things get tough? Holiness is God's spirit in us. Friends, holiness comes from surrender, not by strength. Sometimes we try too hard to be holy. Sometimes we try to be holy. And it's not whether we try a little or try a lot. We just must stop trying. It's not by might, nor by strength, but it's by my presence says God. Nehemiah told us that. And so as I finish off this morning, if the musos will come and join me in the front, I want you to remind all of us that God never gives up on his mission. His mission might be Kyra or Amy or Stu or Ina God never gives up on mission possible. And as we worship this morning, I want to go back and re-ask the question, what God's dream is sitting in a field in your life right now? 
what God's dream is sitting in our community right now, in our city right now. Friends, if I'm honest, I get more and more frustrated with negative talk about things that are happening because we have so much negative talk and we lose sight of the goodness of God. And I'm not saying ignore it, but there's no need to highlight it. Because then we're going back to the issue and not the presence. How do we bring the presence of God into our frustrations? What God dream, what prophetic word, what project, what plan is, li- is lying idle? And I believe this morning as we worship, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit will come and just blow the dust off some of those dreams, some of those boxes. And we start to remind ourselves, wow, I remember I had a dream. I remember God gave me a plan. I remember God said something over my life. And this morning as we worship, that all of those things will be reminded of. And in that, what Davids are they listening this morning that need to go and find his presence and unlock those dreams? Friends, God can have a dream for your family. God can have a dream for your community. And God can have a dream for your city. But God chooses to do it through you. He can do it like this. But our relational God wants to do it through his sons and daughters. Why? So that you can experience the goodness of God working in you and working through you. Allow God to raise up those dreams in you this morning. Won't you stand as we worship Him and in our worship this morning, as you feel, won't you come and help yourself to to communion and our generosity boxes there as well? But let's make that part of our worship this morning. Father God, all that I said that's of you this morning, won't you cement it in us? And all that's not of you, won't you blow it away in the wind? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We love you. We honor you. We celebrate you. We want more of you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for listening. 